Welcome to the Physics Central Podcast. I'm Calico Field. This week on the podcast, I'm talking with science writer Simon Singh. His latest book is called The Simpsons and Their Mathematical Secrets. It may come as a surprise to many viewers, but The Simpsons, one of the most successful television shows in history, has been consistently sprinkled with mathematical references and jokes. Today on the podcast, we'll talk about some of the mathematics that can be found in The Simpsons and who is responsible for it. You're listening to the Physics Central Podcast. There's an episode of The Simpsons called The Wizard of Evergreen Terrace. It's an allusion to Thomas Edison, who was known as the Wizard of Menlo Park. In this episode, Homer Simpson tries to become an inventor. He sets up a laboratory, and in it he has a chalkboard with some equations written on it. The chalkboard is only visible for a few seconds, but one of the equations references something called Fermat's Last Theorem. And that caught the attention of Simon Singh, who wrote an entire book about Fermat's Last Theorem. So when I saw that on the blackboard, it really just stood out a mile. Um, I couldn't avoid seeing this really, you know, odd reference to the world's most notorious mathematical problem. Fermat's Last Theorem is notorious because the mathematician Fermat claimed to have solved it, and then he died before he could tell anyone the solution. It took 350 years for someone else to crack it. Fermat's last theorem involves a set of equations, and what Fermat claimed to have proved was that there is no whole number solution for these equations. So at least one of the numbers in these equations will have a decimal place. But written on Homer Simpson's blackboard was one of those equations from the theorem And it appears to have a whole number solution. My initial reaction was, oh, well, they they just put in any old three numbers. It doesn't mean the equation actually balances. But when you check those numbers, if you take out your your phone calculator and type them into the calculator, the equation really does seem to balance. And um, what's going on here is that uh, one of the writers of The Simpsons, David X. Cohen, uh, wrote a little computer program to look for what are called near-miss solutions. So these are numbers that almost, almost, almost fit the equation, but not quite. And the error is so small, you know, we might be looking at, you know, out to the 12th decimal place or the 12th significant figure. The error is so small, that's why your phone calculator is tricked into thinking the equation works. If you didn't catch that, a writer for a comedy television show wrote a computer program to find near misses of Fermat's last theorem. This is for something that most people would never catch, that appears on screen for only a few seconds. You know, Fermat's last theorem is one of those things that's so famous it pops up in Doctor Who and Star Trek and Stieg Larsson novels and plays by Tom Stoppard. It pops up everywhere. But when it pops up in The Simpsons, it's popping up in a really, really clever way. That same blackboard that caught Singh's attention also shows an equation that describes the expansion of the universe. Homer first writes the equation in one way, which implies that the universe will eventually collapse on itself. This is immediately followed by an outdoor shot of Homer's laboratory as the windows implode. 
The shot then comes back to the blackboard, where Homer changes the equation to imply that the universe will expand forever. That is followed by a cutaway shot of his laboratory windows exploding outward. The gag works just fine, even if you don't understand what the equation means. But it's an Easter egg. It's a gem hidden away for people who do know that equation, for people who love math and science. And the list of jokes like this and references goes on and on. Oh gosh, so there are so many examples. In the very first episode, an episode called Bart the Genius, uh, there's a reference to calculus. The teacher writes up a, a joke, in fact, about calculus, uh, which I won't bother recounting. But, but unless you understand calculus, you don't get the punchline. So who are the people responsible for the prevalence of mathematics in The Simpsons? And why do they do what they do? So the very first series of The Simpsons had a whole team of writers. And amongst that team of writers, there were two mathematicians, Mike Reese, who was on the school uh, mathematics team when he was in high school. Uh, he corresponded with Martin Gardner, the great recreational mathematician. Uh, the other writer I'm referring to is Al Jean, who was such a brilliant young mathematician that he went to study mathematics at Harvard when he was only 16 years old. So you had these two, two fans of mathematics writing for The Simpsons from day one, and they started putting the, these jokes and references to mathematics in the show. And these aren't just any two writers, and they weren't just there on the first series. They've been there on pretty much every single series, and Al Jean runs the show now. So you have mathematics coursing through the writing team for, for 25 years, and they've brought on board other mathematicians, people like you know, Ken Keeler's worked on The Simpsons. He has a PhD in applied mathematics from Harvard. Uh, he was also working at Bell AT&T Laboratories. Um, Jay Stewart Burns was doing a PhD in number theory at Berkeley before he quit to become a writer on The Simpsons. So they all, you know, they, they all love mathematics, but they're not mathematicians now. They're obviously comedy writers. But, but they, they, they have that love of mathematics, that love of numbers. And the way they continue to express that love is by putting these mathematical references into the show. So you had been watching the show before, and like once you realized that there was this mathematics in it for the book, did you go back and watch and just think, like, how did I not spot this until now? When the show started, Matt Groening had these mathematicians on board and said to them, look, you can put as much maths in the show as you want, um, but don't scare away the viewers. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are a bit scared of maths. And so th this show is supposed to be about jokes and it's supposed to be about storytelling. So let's focus on that. So the mathematics, when it does appear in the show, is hidden away or appears only momentarily. So this is probably why most of the math references in The Simpsons are very subtle. Oftentimes they aren't even presented as real jokes. They're just part of the scenery. Take, for example, that the movie theater in this fictional world is called the Springfield Googleplex. That name was chosen in 1992, a decade before Google became the name of a search engine. A Google is a number. It means 10 to the power 100, or a 1 followed by 100 zeros. A Googleplex is 10 to the power of a Google. There are so many zeros in a Googleplex that if you tried to write them all down on a chalkboard, 
it would require a chalkboard bigger than the known universe. I mean, I should say that sometimes when the mathematics is fairly straightforward, like pi, you know, we all know about pi, we can all relate to pi. Um, pi appears in about six different episodes. And because none of us are really scared of pi, it appears in the script as part of the story. Mm-hmm. There's an episode called uh, Marge in Chains, where Marge is put on, on, on trial for theft from the Quickie Mart. And Apu is the main witness against her because, of course, Apu is the manager of the, of the Quickie Mart. And Lionel Hutz, the attorney, is challenging Apu's credibility by saying, oh, you've got a terrible memory. And Apu says, no, 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 I've got a great memory. In fact, my memory is so good that I can recite pi to 40,000 decimal places and the last digit is one. Now, he could have said, I can recite the phone directory, but he says pi because these writers are mathematicians. And and back then, I think this episode aired maybe in the early 90s. You couldn't just look up the 40,000th digit of pi online. You couldn't just Google it. So the writers wrote to a world pi expert, a chap called David Bailey, who worked for NASA at the time. And David Bailey computed for them that 40,000th digit. So um, I've seen this wonderful fax coming from the Simpsons offices and going to NASA asking about this this 40,000th digit. So um, they love their maths and they love to get it right. And um, and they'll, they'll go to any lengths to make sure they, they are correct. Now, there are actually people who have spotted the mathematical references in The Simpsons. So The Simpsons started some 25 years ago. You know, the, the writers were writing their scripts, the shows were airing, and there was very little reaction apart from the critics and the fans who clearly just loved the show. But when the internet started and you had fan websites and so on, uh, fan groups, then the writers could look at those fan groups and they could see that people really were picking up on the mathematical references and that they were being appreciated. So this then encouraged the the writers. I, I think up until this point, they were just writing for their own benefit, their own amusement in terms of the mathematics. But now they could put in mathematics that was was there for the audience. It might be a small, nerdy, geeky audience like you and me, but, but we were out there and, and we wanted this kind of stuff. And it didn't take away from anybody else's enjoyment. So, so I think they did really... You know, feed off that positivity from from those kids who were watching the show and who loved the mathematical content. So, for example, when David X. Cohen put in a false solution to Fermat's last theorem, straight away he could see people saying, "Hang on, that equation shouldn't be soluble. What's going on here? Somebody's you know somebody's messing around with our minds here." And so he could immediately see the reaction to the mathematics that he was putting into the show. Is The Simpsons a fluke? a wonderful but isolated incident? Or is there a connection to be found between math and comedy, maybe even math and animation? I, my, my gut feeling is that there is a link between comedy and, and, and mathematics because there are so many of these writers who have mathematical backgrounds. And then we have people like Tom Lehrer, the greatest humorist of the 20th century, was a mathematician, uh, is a mathematician. Also, people like um, Gary Shandling was was doing engineering at Drexel. People like Johnny Carson loved science and mathematics and were great rationalists. Now, is there a link? Is, is there an explanation for why these people have gone into comedy? Writing comedy is hard work and, and doing mathematics is hard work. It requires stamina and determination and creativity. 
mathematics and science is often a team game where people collaborate and take some idea and try and prove, improve it to the nth degree. Similarly, when you're writing comedy, you, you, you take an idea and you, you, know, you run it around the team until you make it the best idea you can. Al Jean said that he thinks that the link with mathematics and animation is particularly strong. Because mathematicians work in a, an ideal world. Everything is perfect. Every conclusion is perfect. And in animation, everything you do is perfect. Every picture you draw is exactly how you envision it. It's much more directed and controlled than, say, a haphazard live-action comedy would be. So there are all sorts of weird explanations. I'm not sure any of them completely explain this odd link. I mean, personally, I think one of the things that helps is that mathematicians think differently. They're kind of outsiders. They see the world in a bizarre way. And anybody who sees the world in a bizarre way, their utterances may appear to be amusing to the rest of the world. So, so maybe outsiders have a bit of a head start when it comes to being comedians. In the late 90s, Matt Groening and David X. Cohen started a second animated comedy show called Futurama. The show is a funny take on science fiction set in the 31st century it, too, is jam-packed with math and science references and jokes. And just like The Simpsons, many of the Futurama writers have degrees in math and science. You can read more about the math and science that are planted throughout Futurama and The Simpsons in Simon Singh's new book, The Simpsons and Their Mathematical Secrets. It's available now. I'm Calla Cofield. You've been listening to the Physics Central podcast. As always, you can find more podcasts, our Physics Buzz blog, resources, and so much more at physicscentral.com. Tune in next week for more of the Physics Central podcast. Music.